get fresh roasted and ethically sourced beans from America's best independent roasters. And Trade Coffee ships free to you as often as you like, whole or ground. Right now, Trade Coffee is offering a total of $20 off your first three bags when you go to drinktrade.com slash AMR. Thrive Market is an online membership-based market on a mission to make healthy living easy and affordable for everyone. Join today at thrivemarket.com slash AMR to get 40% off your first order and a free gift worth over $50. Welcome to a new episode of AMR Trains, a podcast about training for and racing and endurance events. I'm Dimity McDowell, co-founder of Another Mother Runner. And I am Sarah Wassner Flynn. Dimity, it's so great to be with you today. It is. It is a good Friday afternoon here. Love recording a podcast on a Friday afternoon. (laughs) Very windy here in Maryland, though. I almost blew over on my run this morning. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Wow. Well, um, well, I'm glad you're running and not on your bike because we are going to talk about cycling today. Today's topic is one that I just love, 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 triathlon. Um, More specifically, how to get started in triathlon. If you have even the slightest interest in trying a triathlon this summer, this podcast is going to tell you how to do it and likely tip you over the edge, especially because we've got a new Race Like a Mother program where you can come to do a sprint triathlon in Chicago with a team full of your AMR teammates. So Sarah, before we get going, you are a um, a triathlete, uh, an accomplished mm-hmm. triathlete. Do you know how many you've done? Do you keep track of that kind of thing? Oh, no, I can't keep track. I mean, uh, I would say... I was doing like 15 a season at some point like that. Oh, wow. So I would say I've probably done like 40, 50, maybe small. Holy cow. I mean, let's talk about sprints, aquathlons, you know, all, all different multi-sport events. Um, I, I was in it really hot and heavy pre-pandemic. Really so, all yeah. right. All right. Yeah. And uh, aquathlons, you're talking about, is that an aquathon? Is that, is that how you say that in Maryland? I believe it's a quathlon. A quathlon. <laughs> I think there's an extra L in there. I've, I, went to, I went to the national championships, and I believe they were calling it a quathlon. So if that's – right. Yeah, but, I mean, potato, potato, right? I guess it's yeah. – yeah. yeah, that's cool. You said, and that, is, that, is that a swim – a run, swim, run, or what is that? Yep, exactly. It was a run – it was a – what did we do? Swim, run? Yeah. Um, it would, there were two runs in it. So it must've been run, swim, run. Yes. Yeah. That was, I loved it. And it kind of got me into this notion of doing swim runs. And then I found out about the really true swim runs are very, uh, difficult. You know, you have to go through like their difficult terrain and like the O till O I have some friends who are into that. Um, so I, yeah, that might be in my future, but I, I do love the, the traditional triathlon of swim, bike and run. Nice, nice. Well, I've done, I did the swim bike run or I did the swim run up in Maine one summer. So we'll talk about that on another podcast. I've already talked about it on the podcast. Um, And I have talked about it. Yeah. Yeah. I have talked so much about triathlons in the AMR (laughs) podcast and um, how much I just love the variety of the workouts. I love knowing that you get to do something different every day or, Mm -hmm. you know, kind of different um, a couple times a week. Um, and I just, I can't wait to talk about it because I do think that it is a really nice 
change of pace for people who um, either are just interested by nature or also maybe need a break from, from straight up running. So we've got the triathlon force here today. Joining us today are both Jen Harrison and Liz Waterstrat, um, the expert coaches who are both top triathletes themselves and who also design and oversee the triathlon programs and the Train Like a Mother Club. So welcome, welcome triathlon force. How are you doing? <laughs> We're good. Thank you. Good, good. Well, so Jen, that's you talking. So give us a quick life update. You're in Arizona right now, uh, avoiding the Chicago winter, maybe, or doing something I else. I am. I was trying to hide a little bit in Arizona because I still haven't moved past the, the guilt of being here. Um, and I think that's just 18 years of of being a mom. And then all of a sudden I'm in Tucson. So I'm not doing, I'm not vacationing. I'm working um, uh-huh. down here, just normal, but remotely. But it's funny because the more time I spend down here in the condo, the more I get to know all the neighbors and like they're finicky and they're all bitching about this or complaining about this. Cause it's kind of a retirement community. And yeah. I'm like, Oh, I've got, to, I've got to go home. I'm like, I, they complain <laughs> about the weather. They talk about the weather and says, I'm in crazy town here. Um, and being from Chicago, I have no patience for it because, you know, they think it's cold. It's like 40. Um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I'm in Arizona. I'm heading back, obviously, very soon to go to the Hilton Head retreat nice. and uh, looking forward to that. Nice, nice. And Liz, what about you? How's, how's it going um, up in, in Chicago with your little ones and your own training, that kind of thing? It's going well. It's cold, snowy. We had a yeah. snow day. The snow didn't come. We didn't need that snow day. <laughs> That's the worst. You know, yeah. about right. Yeah. That's yeah. Just typical stuff. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Are you training at all? I, I know last time we talked, you were like, okay, I'm just going to take a year. And, or you didn't, you, at that time, you didn't have any like races or things on your mind. Are you kind of still in that mindset of like, yeah, whatever. I'm just going to see what I'm comes. Training to train. I have not. I refuse to put down money for another event until I get the, there is an event on my calendar in June, I think in Canada that I qualified for in 2019. 2019. Wow. So I I feel like until that is gone and passed, I'm not putting down any more money, no more commitments. (laughs) (laughs) I just can't wrap my head around it. There you go. Well, it can be pretty deflating too. I feel like when you sign up for these races and then it's like, soup, sorry. I mean, it's still happening all the time. So, all right, well, let's go back and let's talk about triathlon. Um, so Liz, when you think of an ideal candidate to try a triathlon, who comes to mind? Anyone. <laughs> it, uh, honestly, you know, when I'm thinking about the athletes that Jen and I work with, athletes of all ages, all speeds, all needs, all sizes, all sport backgrounds, no sport backgrounds, anyone and everyone. If you're just looking for something different to do, whether you're, you've had a string of injuries as a runner or you've always wanted to try one, I think triathlon just opens its arms and welcomes everyone. Mm-hmm. So Jen, you don't have to be someone who swam in high school or even knows how to change a flat tire. No, no, not at all. Absolutely not. Because you, the triathlon community, just like the run community, is super supportive. So you'll find peers and friends and groups and coaches that will help you through all that. So no, no, don't have to have anything. You just have to have the desire and the the discipline to follow a plan or to to do your own stuff to do the triathlon. Yeah. Cool. Well, so um, Jen, you are a you are um, an, well. So let's let's settle that. Is it how do you say aquathon? 
Aquathon. Okay, Sarah, I think it might be hey, a I am a triathlete ma- magazine um, contributor, so I'm going to stand my ground on this. <laughs> all right, all right, okay. Uh, anyway, so you are you are swimming uh, very. You're you know you're you're six degrees from. Um, oh my gosh, what's her name? Misty. Oh, Missy. I'm not that fast. I just love. Sw- I just like to swim. Okay, but I but I love swimming. Yes, I grew up okay. swimming. I didn't swim in college though. I'm not that fast, but okay, I do like swimming. All right. Yes. Well, so, so that's, I think that's one of the biggest hurdles is, you know, knowing about the pool and being, yeah. feeling confident and being able to move forward in the pool, right? Make forward progress. So what kind of swimmer do you have to be to try a sprint triathlon? And it, um, we're going to talk mostly about sprint triathlons today. If you're new to triathlon, a sprint triathlon is about a 750 meter swim, 500 to 750 meters, depending upon the, the situation, about a 12 mile bike and then a 5k run. So Again, coming back to that very, the swim, Jen, what, like, where, yes. where do you have to start? Yes. Good question. Cause I think the swim is where the most of the concern is for when people start triathlons and all of us, even experienced swimmers have some sort of anxiety over, uh, moving from the swimming pool to an open water situation. So you don't have to know how to swim to do a triathlon, but you sure need to get help to learn how to swim to do a triathlon. So some of the time as I tell athletes, the best way you can use your money and your time is to hire a swim coach. If you don't know how to swim. Um, when I say you can't, I don't know, you don't know how to swim. You have to be able to put your head in the water and swim a 25 or a 50. Um, and you can stop and you can catch your breath, but you need to have no fear in putting your head in the water, blowing bubbles and that kind of stuff. So that's kind of how we start swimmers when they have no swim background or kind of scared of the water, we put them in the water, learn how to blow bubbles, get them comfortable with the breathing and then progress them. And swim progress doesn't show that quickly, unfortunately. So people get stumbled up with swimming, I think sometimes, or they get anxious in the water. And I think swimmers, new swimmers need to understand that even experienced swimmers get anxious in the water. There's been many of times that myself and, and I'm sure Elizabeth have, and Sarah, I'm sure, have had that moment of panic or anxiety in the water with all the people and the fish and the darkness and all that other stuff. So you just have to kind of take it, get some comfort, get comfortable in the pool, get some help, have a friend videotape you, watch yourself swim, send it to a friend or a coach that can help you, and then kind of progress, you know, from them, from excuse me, from there to make little bitty baby steps on your confidence in the water. Once you have confidence in the water, you can kind of do anything. You can learn how to swim. You can take lessons, like I said, you can improve your stroke, but the confidence and being comfortable in the water is the priority. Definitely, definitely. Um, Okay, and Liz, again, um, baseline for cycling. Like, uh, can you talk a little bit about the learning curve of using a bike for um, not just necessarily going to pick up your kids after school or, or, you know, tootling down to the ice cream shop, but maybe using it to, to get in a workout. Yeah. Well, I, I think even, even if someone is using their bike to run errands, you've got the basics down. You understand Mm -hmm. that you, you turn the pedals and you go somewhere and, and how fast you go that somewhere just really depends on what you're looking for. So I think as long as someone has access to a bike, they can occasionally ride outside, uh, you know, maybe once a week or once every two weeks. That's a good thing for your cycling for a triathlon. And the rest of it can be done 
honestly, indoors on a spin bike, a Peloton, a Nordic track, a spin class. Uh, and you, you don't have to have a really fancy bike either. The first triathlon I did was on a, a borrowed boyfriend's mountain bike. So mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be sophisticated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My first bike was my hybrid that, you know, I got from a garage sale. So <laughs> they're not fast, but you can get it done and you can get the feel for, for a triathlon. Um, so otherwise with equipment, while we're on that topic, Liz, um, do you have a recommendation for first timers as far as cycling goes? Is it, do you want to get something that's like a lighter bike or can you just start with like we did with these, you know, any bike that you can pick up? I would start with any bike, but I would definitely start with a trip to your local bike shop to make sure that any bike is safe to ride outside. You know, is, is the chain, does, is the chain still good? Are the brakes still working? Check the tires, the inner tubes, you know, a lot of people uh, pull their bike out of the garage and it's been there for 15 years and it's been rusted and the tires are flat. So just make sure for your own safety, you're starting with a bike that has all the basics covered with the brakes and the cables and the chain and the top tires. And then from there, if you're thinking about, well, maybe I want to buy a bike. I always say to people, think ahead. What are you going to realistically use this bike for? Are you one and done with the triathlon? Do you think maybe there's a future Um, Do you ride mostly on pavement or trails? Are you going to do long tours on your bike? Uh, And then that can help you make your decision. Mm -hmm. And so for Jen, circling back to swimming, as far as equipment goes, you know, we're a lot of people are runners here. So all you need is a pair of running shoes and a good sports bra for swimming. You need a little bit more equipment. Can you talk us through what you would take to the pool? Sure. I mean, you just need to start off with the basics of obviously a swimsuit And I just need to say something about swimsuits for a second that I don't think people think about, but it's one of my little kind of pet peeves, not pet peeves, it has a negative connotation. It's one of my little hangups. Most people, women are getting their swimsuits way too big. (laughs) When you put your swimsuit on, it should be pretty, pretty darn tight. The way you can test your swimsuit is you take the straps. If you can move the straps to your ears, that swimsuit is way too big. Mm -hmm. So when I put my swimsuit on, I put my fingers through it. Well, I know what size I am, but I show people and I at the pool when I see them and I'm like, girls, get yourselves into tighter suits. And I can barely lift my, you know, maybe an inch or so off of my shoulders. So check your swimsuits and get smaller swimsuits because it creates this unnecessary drag that unless you're competitive, high school, collegiate, et cetera, swimmer, you don't need. So get yourself a good swimsuit. And a good brand that I like, and there's no sponsorship with this. This is just personal brand. I know Elizabeth would agree. We like these suits called Uglies mm-hmm. and Dolphin makes them and they're fun little patterns and they're reasonably priced. So start there. Um, you need a swim cap, preferably, and they and you need goggles. And goggles are kind of like saddles on your bike. They're very personal. Um, <laughs> so you kind of have to go through a lot of different, you know, i grew up wearing Swedish goggles. I don't wear those anymore. Um, but the pair that I like, and they're not any better than any other ones are just, they're just women's vanquisher speedos. Um, and those are my favorite too. And they're also affordable. So if your kid borrows them and loses them, then you can buy another pair for $16 on Amazon. Exactly. And they have gone up. They used to, I used to be able to get them for $9.99. Now I bought a pair yesterday for 21 bucks. I thought, I know it's killing me, but anyway, so you need those three things to start swimming. After that, the rest is all toys, what we call 
fins, pull boys, paddles, but you don't necessarily need that to do your first triathlon. I'm, and I'm happy to talk through all that, but to get started, three things, swim cap, goggles, and a proper swimsuit. Is there any, sorry, Jiminy, I just wanted to ask about, um, and maybe we can get into this later, but do you have to join a master's team when you're starting? Should you have a coach of any sort? Well, um, when you get started, if you were coming from zero background or a minimal background, just getting into the water, feeling the water, going up and down the pool a couple times to get started is sufficient. However, in order to make forward progress in swimming, you it's so technically focused and technically based. It's not like running. Where running, yes, can be a little technical, but the more you run, the better you're going to get into shape, right? With swimming, the more you swim, the, the more you ingrain bad habits until you fix those bad habits. And so you have to slow down in order to go faster in swimming. So if you hire a swim coach, absolutely worth it. A triathlon coach that can do the swimming stuff. Elizabeth and I do videos with our athletes all the time and for the train, like a mother, a triathlon group for sure. Or a local swim coach that's at the pool that knows how, and they can be work with kids because when you're a beginner swimmer, you need to start like a younger person and just kind of go through that. But I'm a huge fan in swim feedback. Even just one or two tips will help you improve your swimming. Oh, and masters. I'm sorry. I didn't talk about Matt. Just Matt with masters. It's a little bit, a little bit trickier. Um, I'm huge fan of masters. Uh, Elizabeth and I have, we both swim on the masters teams. We love it. But in order to swim in a master's practice, you kind of need to know the etiquette, the lane etiquette. You need to know, you know, pace clocks. You need to know different strokes. Like in my master's swim, team you have to swim all four strokes if you can't you're not allowed to swim on the team that's they're just particular like that so sometimes master swimming can be a little bit intimidating so if they can find a master swim team that is open for beginners then absolutely because having a coach on deck is is amazing agreed agreed okay so liz um you guys wrote these programs. Uh, you wrote them a couple years ago, but hopefully you can flash back to them. So give us a typical week of training for a sprint triathlon. What? How many times are you swimming, biking, running typically? So at the minimum, you want to do each sport two times a week. I think mm-hmm. our programs include three times a week, which is really you know what you need to get a good feel for all three sports. One day off a week, one other day a week where it's likely just swimming or no, no leg work. Uh, but that, that would be, you know, a, a pretty well-rounded program doing each sport three times a week. And I'm sure I, I can't recall off the top of my head, but I am sure we snuck in a run off of the bike there from time sure. to time to do what in triathlon is known as a brick workout where you go from bike and then you quickly transition to the run. Nice. And that's a good, because that is one of the hardest things I think, um, to, especially coming, if you're coming as a straight up runner, um, your legs feel very different after they've swum and swum, swam. I don't know what the right, right uh, conjugation is there. Maybe Sarah, do you know? <laughs> <laughs> don't put me on the spot. Uh, okay. Just give me a hard time. Okay. Swam. After your legs have been in the water and been on a bike and you get off the, and you get into the run and your legs feel like what Liz typically? Well, they feel like a, a load of bricks, don't they? Yeah. Yes. But, um, but yeah, it, you know, it, in, in triathlon, we never run fresh. We never technically feel good when we run. So the more you practice that 
swimming to biking and swimming to running, because think about it, as you get out of the water, you're, you're going to run right away. So the more you practice those transitions and those uncomfortable feelings, the more familiar they are in race day. Nice, nice. Well, and can you talk a little bit about, I kind of mentioned it at the beginning, but the diversity of training, um, how that is helpful or can be beneficial, especially if you're, you know, an injury prone runner, um, not naming any names, or if you are, (laughs) um, you know, wanting to like switch it up a little bit, right? Like, yeah. So, you know, at its most basic level, getting fit is just about challenging your heart and you will do that in all three sports, swimming, biking, and running. Um, and the, the beauty of it is that two of those sports, there is no load on your body because you're not bearing your own weight. So, you know, what becomes problematic with some runners is just absorbing that load and those forces from the ground. And, you know, if you're not strong enough or you have faulty biomechanical issues, then you become just kind of like a injury prone, but in swimming, you're just supported by the water. Um, it's, it's a wonderful full body workout. You will find muscles you didn't know you had. Uh, and then, and, and I find swimming actually transfers really well to running. Um, and then in cycling, you're just pushing the bike. Um, but the nice thing about cycling is if you can keep your cadence up, it tends to transfer really well to running. So all three sports kind of have, you know, what you can think of as cross-pollination effect where they're, they're all sort of complementing each other and feeding on each other. And your heart is still getting that, that workout and building fitness as opposed to just straight up running day after day. Mm -hmm. So Jen, what are some of the biggest issues, either physical or mental that you see the first time triathletes encounter? I think some of the, the physical ones are a little bit easier to address because that's people going, because it translates over to running the community too, is that they go too fast, too hard, too much, too soon. So, um, you know, we get athletes and they're not paying attention to any kind of feedback. So they're not listening to their breathing. They're not listening to perceived exertion. They're not paying attention to the heart rate or anything like that. And, and they get injured, they get, they get discouraged and then they get upset and they stop. So that's physically, that's the biggest thing we see with uh, beginners getting into sprint triathlons. Um, From a mental standpoint, what I see with most women is a lack of confidence. Uh, They're afraid to um, put on the swimsuit. They're afraid to put themselves out there and try new things. Uh, Trust me, we, all of us listening to this podcast, don't want to do things we're not good at. Um, (laughs) that's a really good point. I mean, right. I don't want to do things I'm not good at. And, and, you know, you realize that you have to do something or else it gets boring. You have to challenge yourself. Um, and most of this is going to come down to swimming, frankly, because this is a running community. And then the biking is easier to pick up once you get the equipment but the swimming is really hard. And so there's a lot of fear involved with that. So from a mental standpoint, like I said earlier, going back to getting some tips, going back to getting into a pool, I think sometimes the coldness of pools, the coldness of living in the Midwest or the Northeast, it's brutal. So you have to just kind of turn your brain off and just kind of be like robotic about swimming sometimes and just get in the water. Uh, If I thought about every time I didn't want to swim or every time that it was five degrees outside in Chicago and the pool was 77 because the pool I used to swim in was 77, which for anybody listening, 77 degrees is cold for a swimming pool. And so if you think too much about it, you'll talk yourself out of it. So mentally, 
you have to just kind of stay up and stay and be confident. Mm-hmm. And Liz, can you speak to a little bit more about open water swimming? That's a lot of what I hear from friends and people who are interested in doing triathlon is like, well, I could never swim in a lake or I could never swim in the Potomac river. So can you talk a little bit more about getting past that fear of open water swimming? Sure. We get past that fear or I don't even want to say that we go through that fear by just putting ourselves out there and getting more familiar with it through practice. So the more you are exposed to that open water situation, which is different than the pool, there's no lane lines, you can't see the bottom, there could possibly be critters down there, the water can sometimes be choppy or smooth. Um, you, the only way you're going to get through that is, is through it. So getting out there and practicing, and you'd be surprised in a lot of communities, there are open water swimmers, uh, you know, groups that meet at these bodies of water and they swim together. Uh, or even, you know, a lot of us, especially here in the Midwest, there's a lake and it has like a roped off little area where there's a guard and you can just swim around the little lane line that they have. So I would just encourage people just find opportunities in your area, look and see if they exist and then get out there and practice and practice and practice. If you do not have open water, you can simulate some of the conditions in a pool, you know, some pools have deep wells and, and you can just get comfortable with swimming there where you can't touch the bottom. Uh, you can swim and close your eyes from time to time. You can have a friend in front of you kicking really hard with fins and just making that water very turbulent. So you have to get used to it, but just get comfortable and familiar with it. Mm-hmm. I would add, I mean, seriously, you guys, when, 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 when you guys coached me last summer for the aqua bike, you were like, okay, time to get to open water. And I was like, oh, it's such a pain. Um, but it made such a difference, right? Like, you know, it was a commute and I had to, but it was, I felt very um, comfortable in the water after that. I mean, and, and, and my first race that I did um, last spring, I definitely had moments where I was like, oh gosh, this is not as easy as I remember it being, you know, and had to take a couple breaststrokes and, you know, and that's fine. I mean, you can absolutely in any race, um, and we'll talk about this in a second, but you can breaststroke, you can backstroke, you can, um, you can even hold on to the canoe, like they have canoes and kayaks out there. You can hold on as long as you don't um, get assistance from them, right? Yes. And a lot of races, they offer like the red cap. And that means that you might need extra assistance. And it just indicates to the volunteers that this person might need a little bit of extra eyeballs on them. So, you know, for anybody who's super afraid of the water, you can do that. You can talk to the race director. Like this is my first time triathlon. Um, and I'm nervous about the swim. And I've seen the most beautiful, like heartwarming moments at triathlons where people are cheering, um, other competitors on, you know, cheering when they get out of the water. Um, so I think speaking back to what Jennifer said at the top, it's like, you know, it's such a, a, um, inclusive community that people just want to see you do well and and get past and maybe not pass through that fear. Um, so yeah, so that I always encourage people just to let it be known that you're afraid and there's always somebody there to, to help you out. One of the many things Dimity and I love about the Another Mother Runner community is how supportive it is. It seems everyone wants to see each other thrive, not just themselves. Thrive Market is much the same. Thrive Market is an online membership-based market on a mission to make healthy living easy and affordable for everyone. You see, because when you become a member, Thrive Market donates a membership to a family in need. They have donated $4.5 million and counting in healthy groceries. Thrive Market carries all of your favorite clean brands with everything from healthy pantry essentials to sustainable meat or seafood and more. It's all delivered right to your door. 
each and every item is vetted by Thrive's high standards, so you get the highest quality products at the best price. And I just learned this. If you find a price lower elsewhere, they'll even match it. Plus, you can easily shop with filters such as keto, gluten-free, low sugar, and more, with about 100 options to sort by. Wow! Thrive Market has monthly or annual membership options to suit your lifestyle. Thrive Market carries so many of the products my family of five seems to burn through at really excellent prices, like organic grade-A maple syrup. My teen daughter is on a pancake kick for breakfast. Organic vanilla extract. As I've said, I bake a lot. And my favorite breakfast item, purely Elizabeth grain-free granola. Join today at thrivemarket.com AMR to get 40% off your first order and a free gift worth over $50. That's T-H-R-I-V-E market.com AMR for 40% off your first order and a free gift worth over $50. How do you take your coffee? A full-bodied roast? Something light? We all have our preferences, and no matter what you love to drink, Trade Coffee makes it easy to brew your best cup at home. Coffee is my lifeline, and making the perfect cup of coffee is a ritual. From grinding the beans to pouring a cup of warm, dark deliciousness into my favorite mug. Whether you're a coffee nerd like me or just want a better daily cup, Trade's Real Coffee Experts taste test over 400 roasts and use technology to match you to your ideal coffee based on your preferences and brewing method. Here's how Trade works. You go to the website and you answer a few quick questions. Things like, are you a dark roast lover? Or do you crave light roast buzz? Do you take your coffee black or with cream? Then here's where the magic happens. Trade selects a coffee based on you, your tastes, your needs, your likes. And then Trade delivers that coffee direct to your door. And would you believe the first bag of coffee they chose for me was a dark roast from one of my favorite coffee shops in California? I am not making this up. Now with coffee from Trade, I can't wait to start my day and wake up. And you should have that feeling too. For our listeners, right now, Trade Coffee is offering a total of $20 off your first three bags when you go to drinktrade.com slash AMR. To get started, take their quiz at drinktrade.com slash AMR and start your journey to your perfect cup. That's drinktrade.com slash AMR for $20 off your first three bags. Well, that segues nicely to this. Um, Liz, you emailed uh, me last winter or last year, I guess, with an idea to get a, to do a live triathlon race, you know, not knowing where we'd be in the pandemic. But um, we actually had planned one of these um, pre-COVID, but that didn't get off the ground. The universe had other other intentions for us. But the race this summer, though, I'm pretty confident will get going and I'm really, really excited about it. So I'm going to walk through the program um, and then I want you to tell people about the race, Liz. So um, this it's called the Race Like a Mother programs. We've done this with the Twin Cities Marathon and we've done it with the Kansas City Marathon. We did those in, I believe, 2019. And what it is, is that we just add an extra layer of preparation and hands-on coaching um, plus a whole team of women doing the exact same thing. So when you get to the event, you feel just super prepared, super supported, and it's really fun. I mean, as, as if anyone has gone to a race by themselves or with their reluctant family members, <laughs> like, why did you drag me here? Like, this has got a very different vibe because everyone, it's kind of got that party-like atmosphere and it really makes a difference knowing that you're going to see somebody out on the bike course um, or, you know, waiting to go into the water um, and someone who you've trained with virtually for, for 12 weeks. So 
The race we're targeting is called the Ford's Triathlon, and it's in Lamont, Illinois, which is about 30 minutes outside of Chicago. So nice central Midwest location. Um, the race is on Saturday, July 23rd. And you don't have to remember all this. I'll link to the program in the show notes, and you can go back and look at your calendar, that kind of thing. But I'm just letting you know. So it's the end of July, July 23rd. And like I said, it's a 12-week program. So you're going to get the Sprint Triathlon program. Um, you, Jen talked about uh, swim analysis. So both uh, Jen and Liz do um, run form analysis and swim form analysis. So you can pick which one you want and they're gonna give you some feedback on some videos and some tips on things to work on. Um, uh, some good swag, our typical awesome train like a mother swag. In addition, you'll get another mother runner swim cap, a triathlete tee. Um, we're gonna have a group call with a sports psychologist. We're gonna have webinars with the coaches. Um, we are going to have some kind of gathering on July 22nd to celebrate the fact that we are going to do a sprint triathlon the next day. Um, and then you get a discount on the registration fee as well. So, um, and so that's a lot to go through just so the race is at the end of July, the 12 week training program starts on May 2nd. So all that said, Liz, <laughs> tell us why you chose this race. Yeah, so this was a race that I, I started last year with a, a friend, and actually he was a former athlete of mine, and it's situated at the Forge, which is North America's largest outdoor adventure park, oh, and fun. one of the founders is a very passionate triathlete. Uh, he's done Kona, he's done many, many triathlons, and he was super excited to have us bring triathlon to the Forge. And Dave, the other race director and I were really excited to bring off-road triathlon to Illinois. It was the first off-road race in the state. Now don't let off-road scare you. So we designed this race with the complete beginner in mind because every one of us on this call and listening to this podcast has, begin, has been a beginner at some point, okay? Where you just went into the race and you had no idea what to expect. So we designed the race for that audience. Um, and we really lowered the bar. And what we want to do is help everyone just take that first step because we know triathlon is such a great sport. So with the swim, we actually put all of our beginners in the last wave. And last year, when I say all of our beginners, we had over 90 beginners doing this race. We had 250 people at the race and a third of them at least were beginners. They started in the back. So there was no stress. All the speedy people were already out of the water. Um, we let them use whatever they wanted. They could wear a wetsuit. They could use paddles. They could use fins. One guy had a life jacket on, though we told him it wasn't the best idea for, you know, for moving forward. Um, <laughs> and we had all sorts of kayakers in the water. And some of our kayakers actually paddled along with the participants who were really scared. We know that the hardest part of the triathlon is just getting through the swim. And we wanted to make that really easy for people. Now, every race won't do that for you, but that first one where you might catch the bug, we want to be that race for you. Nice. Um, the bike, though I said off road, don't let it scare you. This is Illinois. So we're talking crushed gravel, quite flat, at least like eight feet wide trails that kind of go two loops around the park. So this is where like, if you have that old clunky hybrid bike, mountain bike, um, you definitely don't want to use like a high-end racing bike, triathlon bike for this. You need to have some thicker tires and, and, a, and a bike that can kind of take a little bit of a beating. Um, and, and like I said, last year, we had all sorts of bikes and helmets out there. It was everybody. We had like former pro triathletes and we just had, you know, people who got talked into it by their brother. 
Uh, and then the run is also on that crushed gravel trail. Now, Dave, I'm letting him sneak in a little bit of single track this year, but again, don't let it scare you. This is Illinois. We're not like super hardcore, like if this was in Colorado. So there's just some sure. like wood chip trails uh, off the beaten path that you might have to run this year just for about a third of a mile. The post-race party is awesome. The food is great. Uh, it was just a really friendly, what I would call grassroots triathlon vibe last year. Uh, nice. And people loved it. That sounds that's, so fun. You, you yeah. designed all of this with your, with your. Yeah. Friends. Yeah. Wow. And it, yeah, it'll, it, it was great. Well, that's, it sounds like the perfect introduction to triathlon and, and really a fun weekend. So, um, so yeah, I love it. It's, this is a grassroots, uh, sprint triathlon and, um, and, and if you're not a beginner, you know, you can come and race, right. Yep. Um, I mean, you don't have yeah. to be, you know, so if this is something that's interesting to you and it, again, I know Liz emphasizes, this, but I want to make it very clear. This is not the Xterra. There's not, no. you're not going to be like, you know, go, doing crazy downhills on your mountain bike. It's going to be. It is very, very beginner friendly. And I just, I love that. And I love the vibe with those races because, you know, triathlons definitely um, can, I think, I mean, I know once you get into that scene, it feels very inclusive, but from the outside, it can feel very intimidating. And this, this, this race that you're talking about, the, the Forge Triathlon feels like, you know, a party at a block party <laughs> with yeah. a little activity yeah. thrown in, right? Yeah. Re really friendly. And like you said, don't let off, off road is, is just a term. Uh, it's along a canal, so a lot of it is very, very flat. Nice, nice. Great. So, Jen, why are you excited about the the race like a mother program? I mean, kind of throwing in some extra things. I mean, your programs are already great and prepare people for any race, but you know, kind of throwing in the little extra accessories and pizzazz. What do you like about that? <laughs> yeah, you know, I just like. Uh, Elizabeth and I have the opportunity to look at the athletes maybe a little bit closer with the analysis, either the swim or the run, which I always think is so valuable. Um, it just one or two things to work on, whether it's any sport for anything that we do, no matter how seasoned you are or how new you are is good for everybody. We can all learn. Right. And I think too, just all of us coming together for a common race, a common end goal is fun and people get excited and we can do countdowns and, you know, it just will be fun. I think to get everybody together and a little bit of kind of a cheerleading rah, rah, get everybody together way. And this is a really fun race. It went over really well, you know, coming from somebody who did not design the race or was not a part of the race uh, situation. I, I had a lot of athletes do this race and a lot of beginners. And then I had some experienced fast athletes, faster athletes do it. And they all just raved about it. So I think it's going to be a great opportunity. Awesome. All right. Well, so I'm going to turn the camera on to all of us right now um, to end this podcast. I'm looking for the answer to two questions. So I'm going to ask the three of you and then I'm going to answer it myself. So I'll fill in the gaps of what you guys don't say. <laughs> um, so the first question is, what is your favorite part of triathlon? And the second one is, what would you say to somebody who wants to give it a go but isn't feeling super confident? So, um, Sarah, let's start with you. Okay. Well, I have to say my favorite part of triathlon is the finish, like the last half mile of the run. When you just know you have it, you are like, I, you know, I did it and now it's time to celebrate. And you know, not every race is a celebration, but I've had like the most like elation, like elated feelings and biggest smile on my face, no matter what size the race is, how well I did. I always try to celebrate that 
that finish line. And, you know, when you do go to the big races and there are people cheering for you and like, you see your family, I mean, there's nothing beats that finish line feeling. Um, so that's my favorite part. And then if, you know, I, I get this question a lot as a triathlete and as somebody who covers the sport as a writer. Uh, so, you know, you go to, I say, go to a race. Um, if you're not sure about, about it, go to a local triathlon, watch, you know, take, take your kids or take your husband, whatever, go, go by yourself, just go and watch. Um, and you will be convinced that you can do it because you're going to see people of all ages, um, all body types. You're going to see somebody who looks like you out there, hopefully that you can see yourself doing it. Um, I think that's the best way you can also volunteer or you can do a relay. And I think just getting your little toe in and just seeing maybe seeing yourself out there is the best way to actually take that next step to sign up and do it. Nice. Nice. That's a great, great tip. Um, Liz, what do you like? What's your favorite part of triathlon? I like the run. <laughs> I, I come <laughs> from a, I know who does Well, some people don't, uh, yeah. I come from a running background. And so I love knowing that the race finishes with something I like to do and, and something that comes easier to me. Uh, and it's just a great feeling to be out there running and passing people and cheering people on. Uh, my advice would be just to take that first step. It is the hardest part. Um, but once you take it, you will not regret it. You will not cross the finish line at a triathlon and think, gee, I wish I didn't do that. It just, it doesn't happen. Right. So just take that first step. I like it. I like it. All right, Jen. I, I, it's harder to give advice because there's some good advice already out there. But first, what's your favorite part of, your, of a triathlon? Well, that's easy. That for me, it's a swim. But mm. it and it's the mass start swims that we used to do in the old school, uh, old old days where everybody lines up and you run into the water. So I miss that. That's my favorite part. It's the most intimidating part and it's the scariest part. Um, it's why, um, but I love the pure competition and the rawness of it. So I would say that start of the open water swim. Um, and it wasn't like that for me in the beginning. I used to cry in the water when I started triathlon. I would pull over and cry in my goggles and say, I hate this. This needs to be over. So I've been there and I come from a swim background. <clears throat> um, and then uh, the best advice, yeah, the Elizabeth and Sarah gave great advice. My thing is, is don't let fear, don't let fear dictate your life. You know, I, I'm going to sound cheesy when I say this, but life is short. Just do it. Like stop overthinking, stop um, talking yourself out of it. Stop thinking you're not worthy. Just, just start, just do it. Okay. I'll answer my own question. Um, my favorite part is the swim to bike transition. I love those first few miles on the bike when, especially on a hot like July day and I'm wet and I feel fast and like the reality of the long day hasn't really set in or the longer race. And you're just like, oh, that, that, that it just feels so fresh, I guess. that's I love that feeling. Um, and then I think you guys, I, I would be D all of the above what you guys said. And I especially like the idea of, you know, um, you know, going with the idea like, leaving your ego, parking it in your little pocket of, of your bike jersey and just saying like, I am here to freaking live and have a good day and see what I can do and enjoy the process and just not worry about what other people are thinking about your competence or your size or your ability or whatever. Because again, as we've said, we've all been there and it's just really refreshing to just just to say okay screw it I'm going like it's going to be fun and I'm going to have a great day and 
And it's the truth. And it will be a great day. It'll be a great day at any triathlon, but especially at the Forge. <laughs> so, um, so as always, you guys, thanks for listening. Thanks, Jen and Liz and Sarah. Um, links to the Race Like a Mother program, as well as the other programs that Jen and Liz oversee, which we just talked about the sprint mostly, but we've got the Olympic distance, we've got half Ironman and Ironman. And especially when you get to those longer distances, it is so important to have a coach accessible. I know a lot of people... Um, go for private coaches, but if that is not available to you, these programs are so solid and they are, you guys did such a good job of, I mean, every swim workout as someone who edited them and <laughs> like laid them out, every swim workout is different. Every run has a little like spice to it. So it's not like it's one that you can just print off the internet and just go. It's really special and you still have access to these guys during office hours and on the Facebook page. So Lots of assists. Um, anyway, so all that's going to be linked in the show notes. In the meantime, um, have a great rest of your uh, time in Arizona, Jen, and we will see you in Hilton Head. Yes, thank you. Bye. Thanks, guys.